Welcome to So Here's the Thing, where we share candid conversations that lift the veil on what it takes to find success, even if that means sharing a few unpopular opinions. I'm your host, Leili Amati. Grab some coffee or a cocktail, and let's get real. Hey friends, today we are joined by the incredible, amazing, one of my all-time favorite people, Lauren Carnes. She is an amazing communication strategist and a photographer. She is just, if you don't know her, you need to know her as soon as possible because she's a genius. After she launched her photography business in 2014, she started focusing on merging her photography with brand messaging and strategy by coaching creative and food-based businesses on aligning those communications, marketing, and imagery. So that is what makes her so unique, and she is so uniquely qualified to talk to us today all about communication strategy, all about creating really, really effective sales and marketing strategy without being salesy. And I know that I can stand to learn a lot from this. So Lauren, I'm going to pass it over to you and let you tell us a little bit about your story and kind of how you merge these two amazing businesses to create one cohesive, awesome offering. Well, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. You also are one of my all-time favorite people. So Ditto, but I'm super excited. And yeah, so a little bit about my story and how I got to be a part of this fun creative industry is that, like Laylee said, I started out working in traditional public relations and calling media reporters and telling them about stories that was happening in their town. So letting them know that, for example, a Nike store was grand opening in Chicago or that a local school was hosting a fun run. And these are the kinds of things that I would start sharing about when I was doing traditional public relations. From there, I started doing more along the lines of social media. It was the days of social media really ramping up for businesses. And I planned content strategy and dug into brand voice and brand messaging for amazing businesses like the John Maxwell company and Airstream trailers. If you know the cool silver bullet trailers, my goal is to have one one day. And so I got to do a lot of different types of communications and marketing strategies. In addition to always thinking through how are we going to be able to sell these products and services long-term? That was the ultimate goal of any of the content we were creating. And as my husband actually was finishing up with his medical school he realized and we realized that we would be moving and that I needed to be able to actually have a job that was going to be able to follow him wherever he went. So I decided that I was going to kind of tap into that creative gene a little bit and go back to my yearbook days. I was the yearbook editor in high school. So I picked up the camera and decided that I was going to start a photography business because really I just wanted to be able to take people's engagement photos for free as their wedding gift. That was my goal. So take friends engagement photos. And as I started doing that, I started realizing that I actually really liked photography a lot more than I expected. And it was kind of my avenue to being a part of a really cool entrepreneurial industry and be a creative, if you will. And so we moved from where we were living at the time, which oddly enough, full circle, it's where I just moved back about two weeks ago. And we moved to a new city and I started a business in a new city. And very quickly, I decided that I was going to do this business full force. And my goal for that first year of business was to have from basically I launched in May of 2014. My goal was to have five weddings by the end of the year. And I ended up having eight. 
And then my goal for the next year was to double that, to have 16. And I ended up having about 24. And very quickly people asked, well, how did you get so many weddings in a new city? How did you do this? And I told them that it was really all about communications. It was all about marketing. It was really just all about being able to sell well and connect with an audience well. And so I quickly realized that there was a, a really big need for people to be understand, be able to understand how to navigate the conversations and navigate the waters of pitching and of selling a customer um, or a potential client. And people, a lot of times I found just got a little squirrely. They got a little uncomfortable when it came to the point where they needed to actually sell, even if their work was incredible, or even if the product or service that they offered was incredible, there was a point where they just didn't really quite know how to get there. And so I realized that there was a need for me to be able to merge both of those worlds and take that creative side, that photography side, and bring back in that PR and marketing and sales strategy side. And so I have so loved being able to merge both sides of my business in together and kind of do it under the umbrella of the Lauren Carnes brand, which ultimately revolves a lot around gathering people kind of around the table and getting people excited about things related to food. So I am a huge foodie. Um, and so you'll find that a lot of my desire to be able to do this is really to be able to get people doing what they do best and getting them comfortable in a community doing it. So I love being able to talk about this, these kinds of concepts and these kinds of strategies so that people can feel more confident doing the work that they do and then ultimately being able to get back to the lives that they love and get back to the tables in their own homes. So that's my goal, especially with having a new little babe. So that's kind of a little bit of my story and how we got here and why we're here today. I love that. And honestly, like, I love that you like your new little babe because she has the cutest baby in the universe. I'm oh, obsessed so with him. He's so cute. You guys need to go check out Lauren on Instagram because she posts pictures all the time. First of all, of her adorable baby. And second of all, of all the amazing food that you eat. When you said you're a foodie, I was like, I totally associate that with you. So that marketing is right on point. But yeah, I'm really excited to chat with you a little bit about, like you said, letting people feel confident in their marketing messaging and their communication strategies. And I just feel like a lot of times people don't really know where to start. So I'd love like to hear your perspective or advice on like, how do people start building up that arsenal of communications of like their marketing strategy? Like where should you even start in creating sales communications that don't feel salesy and that you feel confident in sharing with your community? That's such a good question. I think you're so right. People feel really intimidated and don't know how to begin because it feels like the minute that they start spewing something out of their mouth that sounds salesy, they're going to backtrack 10, you know, 10 steps and all of a sudden they freeze up. Um, and so what I've found to be kind of the most natural way to begin a process of selling and of sales strategy is actually to start back with brand voice to kind of go back to where it all began and really create a brand voice that feels very true to you as a person. So that's where kind of this idea of food comes into play for me. It's really easy for me to talk about food. I love to cook. I love to host people. I love to welcome them into my home. And as a result, it allows me to share about different things that I'm doing that actually just connect with someone on a one-on-one. -on -one basis. People understand food. We all have to eat every single day. You know, this is just part of the nature of our lives. And so it's actually a way that people connect with me unrelated to any product or service that I'm offering. So if you're sitting here thinking, well, gosh, what is it that I can do to be able to start building that brand voice and kind of building the arsenal of content, if you will, to bring people in, think about what feels really, really natural to you. Whatever it is that's very, very just true to whoever you are as a human will make it really easy to start sharing about that and tying it in to a way that your target audience understands. 
So for me, I'm able to kind of talk about food, talk about bringing people around a table, talk about building community, and then ultimately talk about the fact that the work that I do, especially in the sense of coaching other small business owners on how to kind of build out their communication strategy, the goal is that they would be able to create a business that allows them to once again, get back to their table, get back to their family. And so I'm able to kind of talk about what that looks like for our family. And that part of my brand voice really resonates with people because they're excited. My people who I work with a lot are the type of people who are looking to pivot. They're looking to transition. They're excited to launch something new or share something new with their audience. And they don't really know how to meld all of those things together. And so it makes it really simple when whatever you are launching just ties into the fabric of your day-to-day -day life. So if you can tie in, once again, my overarching photography and also communications strategy all can tie into this idea of the food, it makes it really simple if you are able, if you're a hiker, you can talk about that sort of thing if it's related to something that your audience would resonate with because it will bring them in and ultimately give you the chance to later on bring them into something else that they might be interested in potentially hiring you for as a service or purchasing as a product. So starting with that brand voice and really digging deep on what you're interested in and how that aligns with your audience is of the utmost importance and makes everything else much easier later on. It makes it feel much less salesy because it just feels more authentic. If you could see me, I'm doing air quotes, much more authentic to you. I love that. I love the air quotes because I feel like everybody, everybody hates that word so much now, but it's, it's so true. You really do want it's to come across. Word. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's, it's what we should all strive to be. So I appreciate that. And I love that. Yeah. Perspective. So I would love to kind of hear like, do you have, I know that we talked about off the air, you have, I know you have a lot of resources out there for people to kind of work through like their elevator pitch or like determining kind of what their voice sounds like. I love that yours is so strong, like strongly centered around the concept of food and you can kind of tie it into everything. Like how would you suggest somebody going about finding that for themselves? That's a great question. So I think when it really comes down to it, like I mentioned, you have to think of where you feel like your content and what you do on your day-to-day -day basis and the type of work that you create, where that aligns with your people. And I do have a resource that I will send over to Laylee. She can share it in the show notes for you guys about how to find your signature brand voice. And from there, really the important thing about that is to be able to actually align it with everything that you do and be able to do it in something like a welcome sequence or in something like your actual pitch and be able to make it so that it feels really like a natural transition. And at that point, when you are ready to sell to someone or ready to pitch to someone that they already know what you're going to be offering because they've seen it woven into everything else. They've seen kind of your brand voice develop over time. And ultimately you're just filling a need that it's something that they have asked for, or they have expressed interest in. And so when they have been following along and you've kind of built that no like trust factor, it allows them to very easily say like yes or no. And if it is a no, it's okay. Hey, if it's a no, I think a lot of times people feel like, okay, well, I've done the due diligence in building out this brand voice and now I've created my welcome sequence and I have a sales page and everything is beautiful and it's all perfect and perfectly set up. So therefore everyone is going to say yes. But I think it's really important for us just to know that the people who say no, it's for a couple of reasons. It's either that the product isn't what they're looking for at that point in time, or they may say no then, but it might not be a no forever. It might just be a no for that period of time. So you might need to follow up again with them later in order to actually like reconnect with them. And so being able to know what the no is and why it's a no allows you to tweak your cell in the future, which then also tweaks your brand voice in the future as well. It makes it so everything really is, it's very cyclical. Your selling kind of changes the way that you speak about things and then also will 
in turn change the way that you sell in the future and hopefully get more yeses. So yeah, I'd love to share that resource with you guys. It's all about kind of the elevator pitch and the who, um, who you are, what you do, why you do it, and then ultimately what the results are that you provide. That's something that's really important and it talks a little bit about that as well. So we need to make sure that we're always giving those results for people and ensuring that they can see that transformation so that they know when you are pitching, they know what they're saying yes to and what the potential is for them. That's so awesome. I can't wait for people to really like delve into that resource. Okay. So let's say we are looking at the resource, like we're looking at your guide and we're working through, and now we know kind of what we want our voice to sound like, or we find that alignment and now we're ready to to show it to our audience and to kind of live it out within our businesses. How do we, how do we kind of use, I know that you said you work a lot with people who are pivoting or offering new resources. So maybe we can touch a little bit about like launch strategy and how you use your voice in that and like how much of it is voice and how much of it, if it needs to be preparation and just kind of like, mm. is there a magical formula or is it more so like something that's overarching? I'd love to hear your uh, opinion on that. That's a great question. Yeah. Launch strategy is a whole beast, right? It's something that everyone, everyone is, you know, if you have a business, you've launched something, right? You've done it before. So if you're listening to this and you have a business, then you know that you've launched something, even though if you didn't, even, even if you didn't consider it to be a launch, it's important for us to remember that there may not be a specific formula. There's not like a, here's how you do this every single time. It's going to be different for each person. It's going to be different for if you're launching a course or if you're launching a new product or if you're launching a podcast, whatever it is that you're launching is going to look a little bit different. But I think by having your brand voice nailed down really strongly, it allows you to actually use what is kind of a general formula a general, um, a recipe, if you will, for any launch that you do. And I think that that is really what it comes down to is having a general recipe, those tried and true, best, tried and true best practices that allow you to kind of have a repeatable thing. So you don't have to think so hard about it every single time. And so especially for launching in general, whatever it is, I always recommend that people start earlier than they think that they need to, that if they are preparing to sell something down the line, then they need to actually begin with preparation far before the selling opportunity comes. And this might look like something like a three month window in advance. A lot of times people come to me and they're like, I'm launching something in the next week. And I'm like, you're behind, <laughs> you know, like that's just the nature of it. Sorry. But of course I don't say it exactly like that. We talk about ways that we can maybe extend the launch period to make sure that they are actually preparing in advance because you want people, like I mentioned, you want to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're selling the right product to the right people and at the right time, that the customer journey, that they've been prepared and that they are not surprised when you launch a particular item or when you shift gears or when you launch a new business, when they're not surprised by it. And so it makes it really easy for them to see the natural progression, which goes back to having a really strong brand voice when they can see like, I see Laylee in every element of what she's launching. She can launch a new podcast. She can launch the next level retreat. Everything feels very Laylee. You know that there's going to be a Bloody Mary involved somewhere. And so if you can make that natural progression, the launch formula is a lot easier because people have been prepared in advance. And by the time that they get to kind of the launch stage, um, let's say, you know, you're doing a, an opt-in for a, a you know, uh, you're doing a live webinar and then there's an opt-in at the end and then they get on a welcome sequence and a launch sequence and a sales sequence for an email funnel. Um, you know, there's kind of that general pattern 
but you also can do it however really you feel like fits best for you in the end. So if you aren't up for doing a live web webinar, there are alternatives. There are other things too. I think a lot of times people think that it's always the same pattern for launching. And sometimes I find that breaking the mold a little bit is actually a better way to go because we are smart individuals and we have learned over time what the pattern looks like. And if you can do something that's a little bit different and connect with someone in a different way, I personally like to do it via Instagram DMs and videos and audio on DMs. Um, that's how I find is best for me to like introduce something new to people in just a little bit of a more personal one-on-one -on -one way. If you can break the mold a little bit, I find that a lot of times people are really interested in what you have to offer because they see something different and unique in you. So launching in general, give yourself multiple months in advance before actually launching something. Prepare and ensure that you go through all the steps of making sure that the product is the right product for the right person and that you have really done your due diligence doing that and also that you launch at the right time that you know how how much they know about you or your business and what you offer if you if they are very high knowledge of what you do and what you offer they may be more inclined to purchase a higher level product but if they are very very new to you it's going to be easier to sell them on something that is more of a tripwire product. If you're familiar with that concept, it's the idea of kind of getting someone in the door. It's easier to sell them on something like that to then get them on your customer journey further and have the opportunity to sell them down the line for a little bit higher price point of a product. So thinking of kind of what it is that you're launching, how much it's going to cost the person and if they are ready to purchase is really, really important in any sort of launch strategy. And then finally, it's really important to actually like follow up after launch strategy, figure out what went well about that launch, tweak it for future launches. And you can even talk to the people who did say yes about why they said yes. And you can assess that and capitalize on that more. And I don't say capitalize in a like salesy and sleazy way, capitalize as in like take advantage of the fact that you have people who are obviously the audience that you're looking for if they have said yes. Ask them what it was that kind of caught their eye during the launch process. If they really connected with your live webinar, then know that live webinars are a great place for you to incorporate in your future launch strategy. So take advantage of the things that have connected with kind of your best client, the person that you see as, I call them your Marie, your one person that you're speaking to. If you can figure out what it is that your Marie, I have a Marie, her name is actually Marie and she's wonderful. If you can figure out what it is that caught Marie's eye and actually prompted them during your launch process to actually purchase or sign on for whatever it is that you're offering, then you can actually replicate that in the future and have the potential to gain more Marie's. And isn't that what we all want? You know, like we want Marie's, right? Your Marie, my Marie. Everybody wants their Marie's. Absolutely. I'm like sitting here blown away because that was like so much great content. I'm like sitting here checking through because I, as you know, I tend to like launch things periodically, just like, it's I, yeah, it's great. I hope, you know, I'm one of those people that I enjoy pivoting and I enjoy having new offerings. And so I was going through while you were speaking about launch strategy, being like, how did I do this? Like, which of these worked best for me? And so it's really uh, super helpful. And I loved how insightful everything was that you shared. So Thank you Thanks. for that. Well, I'm excited. I love all of your things that you launched. They are so fun. And they do have Laylee woven in throughout all of them. That's the really cool thing about it. Like everything that you create, I can see your personality and your just excitement shine through it, which I think is so key for what we're building out. If we want people to be excited about what we're building, we have to be excited about it ourselves. And I think that's really important.
Well, dang, that's like the biggest compliment ever coming from you. I'm like sitting here blushing y'all. Thank you. But yeah, so I just like, I feel like even when you were talking though, and I was going through the checklist, I was like, that's something that I want to make sure I give myself enough time because in the past I've kind of wanted to just, you get excited. So like you Mm -hmm. said, you excited and you want to jump in. And I'm like, maybe if I give myself a little bit more time on one end or the other. So that's awesome. One quick follow-up question I have on this is, so when you talk about um, disrupting kind of like that quote unquote normal, um, or I guess expected launch formula that we do kind of all have like that basic, like webinar to an opt-in to whatever. I love that you mentioned that you do like Instagram DMs. That's like how you kind of disrupt things. And we like, that's actually how you and I connected before we ever met. Uh And for those listening, like we became Instagram friends because Lauren sent me an Instagram video. And so I felt like I needed to answer with an Instagram video. Yes, that is my goal. And it worked. Like it was just so effective. And now I do like, I've, I've adopted that into something that I enjoy doing is I like to send like video DMs. So how did you like, I'm not saying everybody needs to go out and do that, but like, do you have a way that that just, did that just pop into your mind or were you thinking like more strategically and how would somebody find like their Instagram DM? Mm, Yeah. That is such a good question, Laylee. And you're so right. So yeah, whenever I'm creating some sort of new something or offering it to people, I honestly, like I started doing communications coaching and um, launched that portion of my business long before it ever existed on my website. And it came strictly out of seeing a need for it, seeing people who would ask about it. And it really came because of the fact there were a couple of people who personally asked me. So in person I knew, um, and they would say, can we just sit down and chat a little bit? And I started finding that I was like, yeah, this is really fun. And I love talking about other people's businesses. Let's do it. Um, but it also really came out of people would ask me questions. So they would send a DM to me, you know, I would, I love Instagram stories. So Uh, they would send me a DM from my Instagram stories and they would say, Hey, I have a question. And I totally understand if you like can't answer or if you don't answer and I can pay you for your time, you know, like everyone would qualify it. They would ask a question and be like, I'm so sorry to bother you. And I'm like, no, that's not my personality. I'm like, yeah, I'm happy to help. I love this kind of thing. And so instead of typing everything out, my thumbs would hurt. I don't know about y'all. Do y'all's thumbs hurt when you type? Because they hurt me. Oh Um, yeah. It's so much easier to send like an audio or a video. (laughs) Instead of hurting my thumbs, I would just respond via video or audio. And nobody knew that this is really a feature at the time when I started doing this. No one knew that it existed on Instagram. And so it really did disrupt it. And when I did it the first time, it was out of necessity. It was out of like, okay, I just need to respond to them. And it's going to take me way too long to type this out. But within a few times of doing it, I started noticing that everyone responded with the same thing. It was one, I had no idea that you could do this. I feel so unbelievably special that you just sent me this message. And two, they would respond back either with a video or audio or the conversation would continue and it would give me the option to pitch them, to sell them on this communication strategy offering that I was launching without even really needing to do a ton of extra legwork. Because what I did was I built that no like trust factor and I did something that was a little bit different. It was a little something that caught their eye and ultimately, especially with video, it gave them a chance to see me personally 
and see like face to face me talking to them and know that I took time out of my day to make them feel really special and to let them know something and answer a question for them that they might not have gotten answered otherwise. So I stood out in their mind as the expert. And I think if you are looking for your proverbial Instagram DM video, I think a lot of that comes down to what is it that you are able to do that's kind of different from everyone else? What sets you apart and how can you be able to build that no like trust factor in a really unique way that allows you to then be able to have a foot in the door, have a chance to, especially for me via Instagram DMs, I'm not sure if you guys realize that you can put a link in and the link is clickable. So instead of in a comment or a caption, you cannot click, click the link. You have to direct people to link in bio In Instagram DMs. I have the option to give them a clickable link so they can either go and get that opt-in on my website. It doesn't require me to have a one hour free webinar that I've just spent 7,000, you know, emails trying to promote and trying to get everyone on it. It's just a natural progression for someone asking me a question. I'm filling that need. So wherever you are in your business, whatever it is that you do, Think of the things that people ask you again and again and again, where they come to find you, how they ask you those questions, why they want to like, why they want to be just a little in your ear and kind of what nugget of wisdom they need from you. And how can you provide that to them in a different way than just the standard same thing that you've done forever that maybe just doesn't really feel like it's working for you. For me, the standard thing wasn't really working for me in the way that I liked to work and the way that I like to actually engage with people. I love to answer one-on-one -on -one questions. It's one of my favorite things. And it just wasn't working to me to kind of write one size fits all blog posts and only share content that way. And so instead I just found another way to share my content and I used that content that I would, you know, talk back to people with. I used that conversation then later to actually build blog posts out because I knew that, for example, my air quote, Marie was asking those questions. And so if one person was asking, certainly another Marie would be asking that same thing. And it made it very, very natural when I started sharing about this publicly, it made it very natural when I launched officially the communication strategy side of my brand. It made it just very natural progression. And everyone was like, oh, well, this is, I mean, obviously she does this. It's just easy. So Think of what it is that would make it just like a really natural fit for you to be able to kind of find something that sets you apart, that disrupts the day-to-day, -day, that makes it a little different. And also know that if you feel like your thing is that you love live webinars, go with it. Like launch those live webinars and rock them, but make sure you do it in a way that feels true to you and kind of fits in with that brand voice. So tie everything always back to that and make it so that it's really, really natural for you to sell something and launch something because people at that point, it's a, it's a well, duh, of course she's selling this thing or creating this new product. It just fits. It just fits her or him and their brand perfectly. So whatever it is, you can, you can do Instagram DMs. I encourage you to, it's kind of fun. DM me. I love it. That's amazing. I think I really love how you broke that down for us because I think it's going to change. It's going to be a game changer for so many people who are listening to this, who are just kind of like, well, I don't want to do the same thing everybody else does. I don't really know how to find my way. So that is awesome. I just love that breakdown. So, okay. It's time. It's time for the <laughs> essential question of anybody on this podcast. I would love to hear your unpopular opinion on communication strategy because I just think it's going to be amazing because you're amazing. Well, thanks. I think you're amazing too. Um, so I've been thinking about this because, you know, there are a lot of things that I could be like, uh, no, but I think, sure. my, right, I think it's that you do not have to have a $100,000 launch for it to be successful. 
I think so much lately that is the talk. It's the six figure launch is the goal. It is the thing that like, if you didn't have a six figure launch, then it wasn't successful. And ultimately only one person buying your course or purchasing your product, et cetera, doesn't mean that you had a failed launch. And the reason I believe that, and the reason I think that everybody needs to believe that is that that may not be your goal for one thing. Everyone knows like everyone has a different marker for success, but ultimately if you can get one person in the door, that means that you have the opportunity to show the success story of one person. And ultimately, like I mentioned earlier, sales is about being able to show that transformation. It's about that result. And you really only need one transformation to be able to showcase what is possible with the work that you've done. And also, it makes it so that you have the option of connecting with them once again, like I mentioned earlier, seeing what was really great for, with, for them about the whole process and then duplicating that and redoing it in the future for potentially two people, three people, four people to purchase. And so ultimately, I think so often people just really think that if they don't have a six-figure launch, then it's not a win. And I think they also forget that a six-figure launch doesn't mean that they profited six figures. And that drives me crazy whenever people think that that is the case because it requires a lot of people to pay and things like Facebook ads and backend systems that you have to pay for the funnels and for all of the things. And so remembering that like a six figure launch is not necessarily what it, it's not all it's cracked up to be. It's not what it seems to be. And it is wonderful. Yes. If you can make that possible, but also do not feel like you've failed if you do not achieve that. I love that because so frequently I talk to people who are like, even, I mean, I feel that way about everything in business when people are like, oh yeah, the six figure business used to be like the big thing. Now it's like a seven figure. Now business. it's seven figure. Yes. Like when did that shift happen? And I can't keep up. And I'm like, yeah, but that's like, it doesn't always necessarily translate the yeah. way that it's marketed to you. So I love that you shared that. I really appreciate that. Yeah, no, I think it's important. And especially like I mentioned, I just had a baby last year was one of my like least profitable years I have ever had in business, but it was the best year I've ever had in business. And so I think a lot of times we think that money is a direct correlation with just with the joy of running a business. And I found that being able to kind of take a step back and do the work that I really love, sell well to the people that I really love to do work for, and then also being able to actually enjoy my family and spend four months on maternity leave as an entrepreneur was the biggest blessing that I could have ever imagined. So I'm like, this is a win for me. Like these are great things. Taking time out of my business was an awesome thing. And that was strictly done because of the fact that I recognized that I can launch things in a way that feels right for me to the people that I know are ready to buy it and I can sell it well. And then ultimately I can go home and like cook dinner for my family and snuggle with my baby on the couch. And that feels awesome. I love that. It's so true. And it's so refreshing to hear this opinion. So thank you so much. And thank you so much for all your time you spent with us today. Thank you. You guys are awesome. And this was so fun. I love you lately. Oh my gosh. I love you. Okay. Now we're just like gushing all over each other. Um, you can find Lauren in the show notes. We'll link all of her stuff, but I know that she loves to hang out on Instagram. What's your Instagram handle again? It is Lauren L. Carnes, L-A-U-R-E-N-L-C-A-R-N-E-S. And you can DM me and we can chat via DMs. And she's the best at that. So find her on Instagram, find her in the show notes, and we will link also the resources that we talked about here today. So thanks again, Lauren. Thank you for having me. For show notes and resources mentioned on today's episode, head to SoHere'sTheThingPodcast.com. And if you're enjoying the podcast, I'd love to read your review on iTunes. Thanks so much for listening and I'll catch you in the next episode.